Ephesians chapter 6. The biblical responsibility of children. We'll be reading chapter 6, 1 to 3. Paul is not done explaining how the Lord God would like to see submission carried out in a good and glorifying way in the lives of his people. Submission is the, is the great theme in this uh, subset of texts. He has applied it to husbands and wives. Wives are to submit to the leadership of their husbands. Husbands are to submit to the needs of their wives. Both are to submit to the greater authority of God who has designed these roles. Having, having applied it to husbands and wives now, Paul, he, he is digging deeper into the family unit and he is focusing on children and parents in one to four. And today we will cover um, the, child, the, the part of the children in verses one through three. So let's read what, what the Lord says through the Apostle Paul Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now, it seems to me that Paul primarily has in mind younger children as opposed to adult children who are no longer under their parents' roofs and under their parents' care. If you look at verse 4, Paul writes, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and in the instruction of the Lord. The children in verse 4 are children who are still in the process of being brought up. They're still being disciplined. They're still being instructed. They're still being taught. They're stu- they are still growing and still maturing. Now, they, they have to be old enough to understand the things that Paul has you know, included in the letter, especially uh, chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, where they are the ones being spoken to. And so I would, I would say it's pretty clear Paul's not... Uh, uh, when, he, when he addresses children, he's not talking up to infants or toddlers, but he, it's clear he's not speaking to adults. He's not speaking to men or women, but children and young men and young women. And just as a side note, I, I think this shows that Paul expected children to be in the worship service with their parents. He doesn't say, he doesn't stop and say, now, uh, 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 elders and parents, be sure to fetch the children. Make an exception from what you normally do and and have them in there this week because I I have a thing or two to say to them. No, he doesn't say that. He's expecting children to be in with the parents when the scripture was being read to the church. There is an apostolic assumption that that children are included in the worship service. For several decades, the prevailing 
uh, philosophy of ministry has said, you need to get those kids out of there. They're, they're noisy. They're distracted. Give someone a volleyball and, and, and an assortment of felt cutouts of David and Abraham and Jesus and the disciples. And you, you have to have one of Zacchaeus. It, that, that's a given. Zacchaeus in a tree. Give him, give them some games and snacks and you put those kids in another room where they will not be a distraction to their parents. And where we would, where we hope and assume and trust that they are being taught the Bible by someone who knows what they are doing. Multiple generations of children in the church have been, have been subject to this assumption that they've been taught adequately the Christian faith, the Bible, who Jesus is, and important matters such as the gospel. We shouldn't be surprised when our kids have been entrusted to people who may or may not know what they're doing and who play more games than teach the Bible and give their children a very sub-church experience a very sub-biblical, sub-Christian instruction until they're 18. And, and, and as a result of this, when they are now young adults and they're stepping out into the wild unknown, which for them, the wild unknown is here in the uh, chairs. In other churches, it would be pews. And there's no games. Sadly, in some churches there are games. I'm not going there. But in a church such as this, there are no games. There are snacks, but not until after service. There's no felt cutouts of Abraham, David, Jesus, or Zacchaeus. Just a lot of singing, which, is, which can be quite fun and enjoyable. But there's also a lot of reading and a lot of listening and a lot of note-taking. Things that may or may not have happened in children's church. And it doesn't feel like anything that they've come to associate with going to church. It feels foreign. It feels different. It feels uncomfortable. It feels wrong. Ed Stetzer uh, a prolific writer in in the Lifeway Publishing House says that this is why up to 80% of children who grow up in the church and spend the entirety of their lives regularly attending church in, and, and regularly being a part of this typical youth ministry program, 80% by the second year of college, they make the decision to leave the church. And granted, down the road, p perhaps years later, some trickle back. Some come back. Many don't. And so, I want, I want you kids to know, I'm, I'm preaching to you primarily, you young people, you young men, young ladies. You belong here in the worship service. You belong here. 
You belong here singing and sitting and listening to the Bible, being open and read and taught alongside your mom and dad. And not only beside mom and dad, but beside other moms and other dads and other grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles, people who love you and people who pray for you. That, that these verses are written, that chapter 6, 1 to 3 is written as it is, shows your place is here. And so your presence is not only appreciated and wanted, but it's, it's biblically expected and it's called for. And so just, just, so that, just so that I know that you young people are dialed in, if this, if this passage is primarily to you, raise your hand. Most of you good? Yeah, young ladies right up in the front? Right, 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 yeah. This is to you, young lady. I see that smile. Paul is talking to you children primarily. And what does he have to say to you? Verse 1. And this, is, this shows what the biblical responsibility to, to children is. Children, obey your parents. Not other people's parents. Your parents. Obey your parents. Now, if you don't know, Pastor went to this place called Seminary. It's where they, they taught me how to, how, to, how to preach the Bible, how to, how to read, uh, interpret the Bible, how to understand the Bible. And it cost money. And I have lots of books in my office that, that help me. And one of them is called BDAG. It is a it is a Greek dictionary, and it helps it helps me understand what big fancy weird Greek words mean. And I looked up this word for obey. You want to know what the book what, what this book and all my resources told me what obey means? It means to obey. Wow. Financial, uh, seminary education justified. It means to obey. It means to do what you are told. It means to receive instruction and to listen to what is being said to you and having listened, then carrying it out. And I don't, I don't, want, I don't want listening to be this like separate aspect or this separate component to obedience listening is a very very important part of obeying mom and dad will tell you as much listening is important god wants you to listen well to your parents so that you can obey well so that you can obey your parents well Listen well so that you can obey well. And, and what does this mean? What does it mean to listen well? It means to, to give your attention. To not being distracted when mom and dad are speaking to you. And it means, at the very least, in your heart, in your mind, and probably, for good practice, with your body as well, you look your parents straight in the eyes when they're talking to you. You look them straight in the eyes when they're speaking. And you don't just say, okay, when, 
when they tell you to do something. There, there's a way to say, okay, that tells mom and dad, yes, mom, I'm listening. Yes, dad, I hear what you say. And there's a way to say, okay, that says, I would really rather not do what you're telling me to do. I would much rather go back to what I was doing. There, there's, a way, there's a good way to say okay. There is a bad way to say okay. And listening well so that you can obey means saying okay in a good way. And mo- if you need help with that, you ask mom and dad. They'll, they'll show you how to say okay in a good way. Good listening means to stop what you're doing. Put the video game controller down. Put the phone down. Pause the Netflix. Pause the DVD. Stop playing with the dog. And you look them square in the eye. You give them your undivided attention when they're talking to you so that you actually hear what they're saying to you. You cannot be a good obeyer if you are not a good listener. Now, so again, the, the, what the Bible expects of you kids is that you obey your parents. And what is the most common question that, that children ask when told to do something? Or when told that something's going to happen? Why? Why? Which, hey, fair question, right? Fair question. It's a good question. There, it shows uh, inquisitiveness. It shows, it shows a desire to learn, we presume. Paul gives us four reasons why kids should obey their parents. And here's our outline for, for today. The first one is that obedience is really to Jesus. Obedience to your parents is really obedience to Jesus. Why do you uh, obey your parents? Because Jesus says so. You listen to mom and dad well so that you can obey mom and dad well because Jesus says so. He wants you to obey mom and dad. That's why the Lord's spokesperson, Paul, says, Obey your mother and father in the Lord. Your obedience is not to be grounded in how you feel or how good mom and dad are that day. Your obedience is grounded. It is, it is based. It is, it is found in the Lord. And that's important to know, kids. You know why? Because Jesus is always deserving of your obedience. Jesus always deserves obedience. He is king. The Bible says that he is king of king and lord of lords. And that he will never be taken off of his throne. He will never lose his crown. We get a new president every four or eight years. You read the history books and kings will sit on their thrones for so many years and then they die. And somebody else sits on the throne, wears that crown. Jesus will never be replaced. He is king. And furthermore, Jesus never sins. Jesus never does things that make people, uh, uh, never, never does bad things that, that make him, makes him less worthy of being obeyed. He never sins. He never speaks inappropriate words. He never loses his temper and speaks too harshly. All things which your pastor has sometimes done. 
and sometimes mom and dad have done. Everything Jesus ever does, ever says, is perfect and good. And you know what? Sometimes mom and dad can be a lot like Jesus. Sometimes mom and dad can be kind of like Jesus. Sometimes mom and dad can be in the same ballpark as Jesus. And sometimes, sometimes mom and dad could, could use a little help and a little patience and grace. And they aren't, you find out mom and dad are not perfect, but you still obey them. And if we're being honest with each other, it's kind of hard to obey mom and dad when they're not perfect, huh? Sometimes when when mom and dad are not perfect, disobeying and disrespecting them, it kind of comes a little easier. We kind of, we kind of, uh, uh, don't feel so bad about ourselves. This is why we still obey mom and dad for the Lord's sake. Remember that the Lord Jesus gave you your mom and dad, and even when they aren't sometimes perfect, you obey them. Why? Because Jesus says so. Jesus says so. And this means you cannot be obedient to Jesus while day after day, disobeying, disrespecting, and not listening to mom and dad. Did you know that your mom and dad are representatives? They are, here's a big word, ambassadors for Jesus. They represent Jesus. They speak for Jesus. They, they teach you for, for Jesus. They take care of you for Jesus. Jesus has put you into mom and dad's care to take care of you, to teach you, to train you. And how you treat them is really how you treat Jesus. God has given you, the God who you cannot see with your eyes has given you parents who you can see. And in a passage like this one right here, God is saying, obey them. Listen to them. Follow their instruction. And he says that because it's a way of preparing you to obey him. And to listen to him and to follow his instruction. And here's a truth that you can take to the bank. Build your life on this right now. Your life as a young person, your life as a child, children who refuse to listen to and respect their parents usually grow up into adults who refuse to listen to and respect God. And the Bible says that people who disrespect God, people who disobey God, they have a very hard life. Very hard life. And so now while you are a a, a young a young boy or a young girl, a young man, a young woman, under the roof of your care, under the under the uh, care of your parents, see that obeying them, obeying mom and dad means obeying Jesus. Obey your mother and father in the Lord. Another reason why kids are to obey their parents is because obedience to parents is right. It's not only really to Jesus, but it is right. 
It is right that you as children should obey your parents. For you, for where you are, for this stage of your life, obedience is appropriate and good for you. Which is why, why Paul says, as speaking for Jesus, he says right there in verse 1, the last bit of verse 1, and parents, show your, show your kids. You, have, you should have your Bible out. Take your finger out. Take, take Junior, and you show them the end of verse 1, where Paul says, for this is right. Model for them to, to, what it looks like to follow along during the sermon. Show them that pastor isn't just pulling things out of thin air. Show them that pastor is not just imagining things that aren't in the text. Show them that the Bible says this. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It is right that children obey their parents. God has built into the very structure of family life that children who for, for this season, for this stage, for this time, are immature, and I don't mean this as an, I'm not, pastor's not being mean, but for where you are right now, you are immature and impulsive and inexperienced. Kids sometimes do things and they don't know why. And they don't have the experience to, to, to teach them how to live, how to act, what to do. And so it is very right for children being in that place to submit to the authority of mom and dad. It is very right to listen to and to carry out the instruction of mom and dad who we can presume are more mature and wiser and experienced. Kids, your parents used to be in your shoes, not the ones you're actually wearing right now because they're uh, too small, but your parents used to be in your shoes, but they've grown up. And they've learned a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. And they've been through a thing or two that you have not been through. They've been around the sun more than you have. And they have more experience, more wisdom, more knowledge, more understanding about how how things work. They know how to live. They know what is right and what is wrong. And they know more about the dangers of life. They know more about the things out there that can hurt you. They know more about what you will encounter, what you will encounter, and they know how to prepare you for it. And they know how to keep you safe. And they know how to help you learn to do what is good and right. And they know how to prepare you to succeed in life. And because of that, it is right that they have the job of instructing you. And it is right that you have the job of listening and, 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 and doing what they say. Obedience is really to Jesus, and obedience is right. What else does Paul say? He says that obedience is required. Obedience is required. Not only does Jesus say so, not only because it's right, but also because the Bible says so. The Bible says you must do this. The Bible says God says so. 
Because God speaks to us through the Bible. And what the Bible says, God says. And the Bible says right here in in verse 2, Honor your father and mother. And if maybe your maybe mom and dad's Bible has the words in all, in all capital, it looks a little different than all the other words in the chapter. And this is this is the Bible's way of saying we're borrowing something. We're taking from uh, here in the New Testament. We're taking something that was said back in the Old Testament. And it, it, this has been said before. This has been said a long time ago. And these words, honor your father and mother were said by or they were written by Moses who was one of the first spokesmen for God kind of in the same way that the apostle Paul is and he wrote down in, in the book of Exodus a list of commandments called the 10 commandments this is number 5 honor your father and mother this is something God commands of all of his people. This is something God requires. And if we all have to do it, that means you have to do it. If if all of the people of God and you are a you are the collectively the little people of God, you have to do it. God requires obedience to parents. From you young people. If it's right for your parents to tell you what to do and expect you to listen to and obey them, it's even more right for God to do so. Your parents created your body, they pay for your food, they provide your shelter and your clothing and electricity. They provide those things. They go out and they purchase those things. But God made all those things. He made them all out of nothing. The Bible says that God spoke and all these things just came into being. That's how amazingly powerful He is. Because God is who God is. And because He made all the little bits that created that, that, that make you up, And because He created your very soul, He has the right to speak and He has the right to obey. He has the right to expect you to obey Him. And He says here, honor your father and your mother. Now, maybe you're asking questions at this point, which which is good. Ask questions of the Bible. Ask questions of the pastor. Maybe you're asking, how do I honor my mom and dad? What does that look like? Pastor, tell me what it means to honor my mom and dad. Well, I'm glad you asked. Walter Kaiser, who is an old dead guy, if if you want to know, and for some reason pastors love reading old dead guys. We love them. We can't get enough of them. Walter Kaiser says that to honor one's father and mother is to, one, prize them, to see your mom and dad as a precious and valuable gift to you from God. Prize your mom and dad. Be grateful that God has given you the mom and dad that you have. Secondly, he says to love them. Care for them. Show them your affection. Be kind to them. Be patient with them. And third, 
Show them your respect. Listen to what they say and do what they say. Speak well of them to your friends. You know that what you say to your friends about your mom and dad says a lot about what's in your heart. Don't mock your parents. Don't, don't grumble or complain about them. Remember I told you about that, that um, Greek dictionary that I have? One of my favorite words in that is gungasmu. Say it, kids, say it with me now. Gungasmu. Gungasmu. You know what gungasmu means? It means to grumble. To complain. To murmur. Now, nobody here does that, right? Nobody. Nobody talks under their breath after mom and dad say something that they don't. No. Gungasmu. Don't, don't gungasmu with your parents. Instead, speak well of mom and dad. Respect them with your words. But Pastor Aaron, my, my fr- some of my friends, they don't talk really, they don't say nice things about their parents. Even, even my brother and sister don't talk nice about, you're not responsible for what your friends do. You're not responsible for what your siblings do. Other people doing the wrong thing doesn't mean you can do the wrong thing. The sooner you, the sooner you learn that, the, the better you off you are in life. You are not responsible for what your friends do. You're not responsible for what your little brother or sister does, or older brother or sister for that matter. Who are you responsible for? Point to the person you're responsible for. Okay, one person's got it. Who are you responsible for? That's right. Who are you responsible for? Nope. You are responsible for you. Obey your parents because Jesus says so. Obey your parents because it is right. Obey your parents because the Bible requires it. Obey your parents because obedience is rewarded. Ah, see that glimmer in your eye. We like rewards, don't we? Don't we? We like we like getting we like doing work and and doing something and then getting something back, right? I mean, sometimes we have to do we have to do things that aren't fun and and sometimes we don't get anything for it, but not here. Not here. There is a reward, says the apostle Paul, for for obeying your parents. Every little boy and girl here gets something back for obeying their parents. And I think rewards are cool. Rewards are good. And it's not, it's not bad to want a reward or to get a reward. Paul says that obeying your parents comes with a reward. Look at the end of verse 2. This, com- this first commandment, to honor your father and mother, it is the first commandment with a what? With a promise. What is the promise, you ask? Well, look at verse 3. So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Obey your mother and father so that it will be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now question for all you little for all you little kids. Do you want it to go well or do you want it to go hard with you? Which one? Well or hard? 
Okay, we've got three wells, four wells. We've got this crowd over here still thinking it over. That's all right. Do you want an easier life or a hard life? Right. Do you want a long, rich, full life of good experiences, a life full of joy and happiness and and rich memories, rich, good memories with friends and family and full uh, full of celebrations and festivities and good things? Or do you want a hard life full of sadness, regret? You know what regret is? Regret is thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't done that thing. Or, oh, I wish I had done that thing. But you can't go you can't go back in time. Can anyone here go back in time? I mean, I know you guys well. I don't know. You can't? Okay, me neither. I can't go back and undo what I did or redo what I didn't do. If you want an easy life, if you want a good life, if you want a long, rich, and full life full of good experiences, joy, and happy memories, then this is what you do. Here's the key. What do you think I'm going to say? Obey your parents. Obey your parents. You want those things? You obey your parents. Your life will be well. Your life will be long. Because what your parents say is almost always good advice that if followed, if carried out, if obeyed, will make your life easier and longer and fuller and satisfying and good. Almost always obeying your parents and doing what they say will lead you to making good choices that will fill your life with good things. Not obeying them, not listening to them, almost always makes your life harder than it needs to be. And living like that leads you into making bad choices where your life is not full of joy, not full of happiness, not full of good memories, not full of satisfaction, but with regret. You will be somebody who says, oh, I wish I hadn't done that, or I wish I had. Proverbs thirteen fifteen. The way of the transgressor is hard. The way of the transgressor is hard. Hard is, is difficult. Hard is tiring, depressing, sour, sad. It's not the kind of life you want to have. You don't want a hard life, and yet many people grow up to be adults who have hard lives. Proverbs 13.15 says, The way of the transgressor is hard. Who is the transgressor? The transgressor is the rule breaker. The transgressor is the one who does not care what the rules are, does not care what has been said to them, does not care about how they have been told they ought to live. 
The transgressor does not care what they have told. What they have been told is right and what they have been told is wrong. The transgressor does what they want to do. And they do it because what they want is the most important thing. Not what is right. Not what is good. Not what pleases the Lord. Not what pleases and honors mom and dad. The transgressor's life, the transgressor's way is hard. It is difficult. It is sad. It is miserable. It is full of regret. And so listen to your parents now that you can learn wisdom. Listen to your parents now so that you can learn how to make good choices, safe choices. Learn how to be responsible and to do what is right and safe and good. And kids, listen, this will make your life well. This will make your life long. You will live long on the earth and it will be well with you. The Bible also says, same, same book, Proverbs, different chapter, Proverbs 4.10. Listen, my son... So we we know this is a parent. Listen, my son, and accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. Obey your mother and father so that it will so that you will live long on the earth. Proverbs ten twenty seven. The fear of the Lord adds length to life. It makes it longer. But The years of the wicked are cut short. We don't want that. God doesn't want that for you. Mom and dad don't want that for you. One more. The Bible is, the Bible uses a lot of pictures to to, to drive the point home. I mean, we've seen here, uh, uh, Paul is very clear. What What is he expecting of you? Obey mom and dad, right? Well, here, here we find a picture in the Bible to just, to just to drive that point home. Pictures do that. Proverbs thirty seventeen, And I want you to, uh, kids, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to picture this in your mind. Proverbs thirty seventeen. The eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother. You could, you could also say the, the, the tongue that gungus moves a mom or dad, will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. That, do, that doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> no, we don't want that, to, do we? Mom and dad don't want that either. The way of the transgressor is hard. Someone's got it. The way of the transgressor is hard. There are consequences in life for poor choices. There are consequences in life for poor decisions. If you do not do what is right, things happen. And your parents want you to learn now while you are in their care. They want you to learn what is right now so that you will do what is right later. 
later in life when you are no longer under their care, no longer uh, uh, later in life when you are no longer uh, when they are no longer responsible for you and you're making your own choices and they can't be there to watch out for you. They can't be there to protect you. When they might not even be there to help you. Because I, we, we know they want to. Pa- your parents want you to learn what is right so, now so that you can do what is right later. And they don't want you to live. They don't want you to make choices. They don't want you to behave in a way that will hurt you. And because they love you, Mark, listen, dial in to pastor right now. Because mom and dad love you, what do you think they should do when you don't do what is right? What do you think love does to error? It corrects it. Because mom and dad love you, they will correct you. Now there's a there's a bigger word that we can associate with this and it's called discipline dun 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 just the utterance of such a word delivers shocks to some people I was in an interview uh, for an educational job one time and I said discipline word and all eight people at the table simultaneously and I, I just, well, there, I lost that job. Because parents love their kids, they will discipline their kids. Now, on the surface, and the Bible even says as much, discipline is not fun. Discipline is not enjoyable. Discipline does not put a smile on your face. And it's not supposed to. On the surface, discipline feels a lot like punishment. But it's only on the surface. Do you know what the purpose of punishment is? To make you feel pain. To make you miserable. To take away your happiness. That is what punishment is. Do you know what the purpose of discipline is? To learn. Someone in that house is, is on it. The purpose of punishment is to punish, to inflict pain. The purpose of discipline is to correct and to help learn. And when mom and dad correct you, when mom and dad discipline you, they're not doing it because they are trying to be mean. And it, it may feel like they don't love you. I assure you, they do. And they love you very much. And they, they are doing it because they want you to learn to listen and obey. And kids, why do they want you to learn to listen and obey? What does verse 3 say? What's it say? So that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the earth. 
Now, maybe you're hearing pastors say this. As a, as, a, as a young boy, as a young girl, I'm supposed to obey my mom and dad. Is this something that we do all the time? This doesn't always describe us. We're not always what we should be, huh? Maybe you think, I, I, maybe you're thinking to yourself, I don't measure up to what, a, to what a godly child should be. And this shows us that, that we're sinners. And the Bible tells us that God does not like sin. He does not approve of sin. And sin deserves consequences. But I w- what I want you to know right now, kids, what I want you to know right now is that, one, d- being disobedient to mom and dad is in fact a sin, but two, God forgives sin. Don't leave here not, not hearing me. Disobeying mom and dad is sin, but God forgives sin. And this is so important. This is such an important habit that you need to be doing it now if you're going to be doing it later. When we sin, we need to go to God and we need to, we need to admit that we sinned and we need to ask forgiveness for sins because the Bible tells us again and again and again and again that God forgives sins. He he does it readily. He does it. You don't have to convince him. You don't have to bend his arm behind his back. You don't have to bribe him. You don't have to plead with him. God forgives sin. God forgives my sin every day. And he can forgive your sin too. But you need you need to confess it to him and you need to say Lord Jesus, what I, what I have done, the way I've treated my mom and dad, how I've disrespected them, you need to tell God that that is wrong. You need to agree with God that disobedience to parents is wrong. And ask Him to forgive you. He will. He will. Ask Him to show you how to act. He will. And ask Him to help you to do what is right. He will. And I had a section. I I, I did have an appeal to parents, but then I realized I'm bleeding over into verse 4. And so I'm going to save that for next week. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, how good and kind you are to be so gracious to not only us parents, us adults, but to our little ones as well. The gospel accounts are clear that the Lord Jesus loved children and loves children. His heart is so very tender to them. Lord, forgive us as moms and dads for for sometimes not being as tender towards our kids as we ought to be. Help us to grow in our Christ-likeness towards them. Help us to shepherd them in the truth. Help us to shepherd them in godliness. 
and help us to lead them in understanding the gospel and responding appropriately to it. I pray that you would be revealing yourself, your, your grace and your tender mercies to even the youngest heart and the youngest mind here and help them by your power, by your, by your uh, enablement and by your grace empower even the youngest soul here to walk faithfully and in a way that pleases you. Amen.